A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I managed to stay alive for six days. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. I'm down to Anfield, and we'll see them, won't we? What you doing down here, you surely man. I think probably that the best thing you can say for the opening game of the 2022 World Cup is that the opening game of the 2022 World Cup has taken place. Welcome to the Second Captain's Football Pod, hey Murph. Hey Owen, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> that's bad. The reviews are in. <laughs> and that's what you reckon. Ken Early is in Qatar, we'll get over to him shortly. He was at the match to witness the former West Ham and Everton striker Ener Valencia stake an mm. early claim to the Golden Boot. With two first half goals. By the time the time the game meandered to a 2-0 final scoreline, many of the home fans had long since given up the ghost and left the stadium. Were they simply off to try to find somewhere to watch the glut of international friendly matches also taking place last night? Yes, the World Cup may be underway, but that does not mean Stephen Kenny's team can't be found somewhere around Europe labouring to victory <laughs> against a side ranked 119 places below them in the world mm. rankings. Whew. It was a tough watch on. Uh I'm I'm gonna say which, this. Which, which one? Yeah, I mean that's Malta, what I've, 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 Republic of Ireland. Where? Yeah, I mean the 20th of November 2022 will not go down as a banner as a banner day in the history of of football. I said, listen, I said we laboured the victory. We actually played a bit of ball in the second half. Callum O'Dowd hit the post. Mark Sykes came on for his debut more than two years after switching allegiance from Northern Ireland. He set up a chance for Evan Ferguson who got some more minutes as a senior international. Jamie McGrath had some barnstorming runs in midfield. We got the win against the team ranked 168th in the world. Are, listen, what I'm asking, are you Stephen Kenny in or out? <laughs> oh, shut up, old. <laughs> We're going to hear That's, from Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, no. I, I, the, the idea that, um, you know, the, the, I was very much, it was like, have I signed a contract somewhere? Like, the, it really was a fulfillment of a contractual obligation to watch that Ireland multi game. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I was away last week. Yeah, I was away last week and I did not know that match was on until yesterday. Like, <laughs> I, knew, I knew the Norway game was on and uh, then heard Haaland wasn't playing. Was, uh, mm. And then this, this, 
this one tagged onto the end, this Malta away match. It, it would actually make me very happy if people were finding out for the first time listening to this that the game had been on oh, last night. Oh, there's definitely a few. Oh, there yeah. are definitely a few, yeah. You uh, missed people nothing. were finding out as it was happening. No, you didn't <laughs> miss a huge amount bar a tap into an empty net mm. by Callum Robinson who gets another goal for his country. We're going to hear from Ken about his first impressions of the match day experience in Qatar and we'll be talking about FIFA president Gianni Infantino. Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel... uh... Yes, he actually said those words on the eve of the tournament. But it's okay, he provided context. Of course, I am not Qatari. I am not an Arab. I am not African. I am not gay. I I am not disabled, but I feel like it because I know what it means to be discriminated against, to be bullied as a foreigner in a foreign country. As a child, I was bullied because I had red hair and freckles. Plus, I was Italian. So, imagine. No, Gianni, imagine beginning a monologue with that opening gambit and then continuing to spew out more words for almost an hour as you did on the eve of the tournament. So listen, we'll talk about all that and what he was up to there. This podcast is being recorded on Sunday night and is available on Sunday night. I think I've already referenced the match being on last night, which is simply force of habit. But in fact, the plan during the World Cup is to record these pods after the matches are finished every evening and put them out on the same night so you can listen straight away or at least have a go at it early in the morning. You can stay in that way somewhat on top of the, let's be honest, relentless schedule of matches Mm. if you so wish. I know not everybody wants to stay on top of any of this tournament and that's fair enough as well. As always, World Service members will get all our daily coverage of what's happening in Qatar, both on and off the pitch. Let's catch up with Ken. A voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, mate, that's actually my seat. What you think doesn't really matter. Things are annoying to us. I got locked in the toilet. Well, what's next for you? What's next for Hadaway? We say Qatar, but Qatar. What a boy you are. For the first time from Qatar inside Albait Stadium. Ken, how are you? Very well, Owen. How are you? Well, I'm all right. I'm, I'm way more interested in how you are, to be honest. You you were there for the for the spectacle of the opening ceremony of the and the opening match of what's been shaping up as the weirdest World Cup in living memory for a lot of us. How did it play out in front of your eyes? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it was just a, it was a ridiculous a ridiculous opening match you know this is the World Cup I was thinking I haven't seen anything like this since the Carling Nations Cup in 2011 <laughs> when remember when we, when we had Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland playing at the Aviva and there was nobody there Sm- that's what it was crowd, like very small crowds yeah that's what it was like I mean it was the, the crowd was full the, the stadium was full at the beginning um, you know the the opening uh, ceremony was spectacular. I mean, uh, you know, I don't really know, I don't really understand what was going on. Morgan Freeman was sort of walking around saying some stuff, just you know. talking about the world being one tribe and all of us coming together and that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I guess uh, yeah, and the, and there was a kind of a nice little bit where they, 
where they played sort of two bars of everyone's little team song you know like they had like a they had a sort of a medley where it was like one minute you hear vamu vamu argentina and then you hear well ooh up the ra no no it's ooh canada it's ooh canada uh, and then you hear ole 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 and you're like oh that thing, i don't even know who that is oh no because then it was ticos ticos it must have been costa rica and uh, you know every, so everyone gets a couple of little bits and and that was yeah it was, it was fine and it all looked pretty amazing uh, i mean apparently they spent 200 billion on this world cup but then by the end of it there was no one there <laughs> just went home at half time i was walking around at half time and i could see all these guys just leaving with, the, with these like red and yellow red, red and white swag bags at half time it was happening at half time there was people streaming out of the exits and going home at half time and when he when he came back at, after the uh, after the half time he looked around and the entire vip tier you know like the middle tier yeah is completely pretty much completely empty like it was full it's full to begin with but all those people have just said well I've seen enough I don't know if Mohammed bin Salman had to stick around for the whole thing because he was sitting next to Infantino <laughs> it does make me laugh to think of him having to endure that until the bitter end um, although I don't because know because you know what was weird because mm. we, we, uh, we were watching on TV uh, it was we were being shown a lot of shots of whatever the hardcore fans of the Qatar national team are called and yeah. they were going through every song under the sun. There was a Viking thunderclap at one stage. They seemed to still be going strong towards the end. Even they kept that being picked out. Even, then, even, even the oh, ultra section yeah, 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 oh, the, the top part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. were like, yeah. oh, Jesus, I don't know. But at the same time, we're reading reports of lots of other people, you know, of, of the stadium emptying out. So, yeah, pretty I'm telling pretty you, Alan, that the stadium was empty by the end. The Ecuador yeah. section was full, and they're singing Carabas uh, Cerveza, <laughs> meaning we want beer, which, of course, <laughs> they can't have because the uh, Qatar announced that wasn't going to happen uh, of course Gianni Infantino says well you know I think you'll survive for three hours without beer you know I don't think it's the biggest deal maybe you're making a big deal about it because it's a Muslim country this is one of the things that Infantino said no we were making a big deal out of it Gianni because it seems as though you're not actually in control of your own tournament anymore and he was like I'm not I'm 200 I feel 200% in control of my own tournament he's like yeah you feel a lot of things though don't you you feel a whole lot of different things and one of those things is 200% in control of the World Cup, but we'll file them alongside all the other things you feel, such as being Arab, disabled, African, a migrant worker, uh, a woman, and uh, whatever else. Unbelievable. That, that, that speech was just... I mean... Mm. When, 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 he, when he first came on the scene, or what, when he first ascended, I mean, took, took over from Bladder, it was like, oh, yeah, there's this guy, I know him a bit from UEFA... Didn't, like, I didn't really think anything about this man, and especially after the kind of cartoonish, yeah. uh, the, the cartoon figure Seth Blatter had become by the end, or maybe always was. Uh, he just seemed like a steady corporate Eddie, you know. He's just going to come in and, you know, the ideas of cleaning things up. Who knows about about all that kind of stuff? But just in terms of his persona, it seemed kind of bland, really bland, actually. Mm. And if if you can say one thing for his hour long monologue, it wasn't bland. That's the kindest thing I can He's say. He's a steady corporate Eddie, I suppose. But maybe they're the worst ones, own. Maybe they're maybe maybe you'd rather have like a sort of eccentric, sleazy grand uncle like Sepp, uh, who <laughs> I mean Sepp Sam Platter was what he was. You know, did he ever really even really pretend to be anything else? I'm not sure. Uh, Infantino, who knows what he is? You know, he's just so hollow. Like you could put anything in there, you know. You could have. This, this is a this is sort of a ventriloquist dummy, 
anyone's arm could be up there. You know what I mean? Mm. He, he could say anything in, in almost any language. Like he's got this <laughs> Swiss ability to speak languages. Um, he said, oh, you know, as a young redheaded child with freckles, I couldn't speak good German. I was like, come on, you were able to speak German. Um, I mean, he, he is, what he is now, though, Owen, is the FIFA president. And the FIFA president, who's running unopposed for uh, election next year. So he will be elected for another four years. And you've got to remember what kind of a, a body FIFA is. FIFA is a multinational organization, um, 200 plus members. Uh, only a couple of those um, are countries which were targeted by Infantino in his speech. The vast majority of them, I think, would have been listening with some appreciation to what he was saying. Because who, after all, was in the dock? Who, who was who was Infantino, Infantino's invective directed at? It was the Western media, or the you know Europe, the West, but in the form embodied in the form of the lecturing, scolding, pious. Western media, who, who were sitting literally in front of Infantino as he as he delivered the speech, which is hated not only all over the world but even in the West. Why they hated in the West? You know, hatred of the media elite, the hypocritical, sneering, uh, lecturing, condescending, patronizing media elite has, has been like the fuel of all the populist movements in the world, uh, including in Western countries. So Infantino was kind of picking on an easy target in a sense. You know, I mean, he widened it out a bit, of course. He widened it out. He, he kind of presented it as, as I, a European, recognize uh, that, that Europe is a monster. For 3,000 years, this monster has run amok on our planet. And really, it should spend the next 3,000 years apologizing for everything it's done, rather than handing out moral lessons to the rest of the world. This is, this is literally what he said. 3,000 yeah. years after what Europe's been doing for 3,000... I mean, what's happening 3,000 years ago? Like the siege of Troy. You know, this is how far back the guy's going. And we need to spend the next 3,000 years apologizing. But, by the way, you know, this decision was made 12 years ago when none of us currently at FIFA were there. And, you know, we all know we've just got to get on and make the best of it. So, so you're like, oh, hang on, Johnny. Like, on one hand, you're saying, like, don't blame me that we're in Qatar. That decision was made 12 years ago and I was only the general secretary of UEFA then. But on the other hand, you're saying that, like, uh, you know, if the New York Times or, or like the Guardian want to publish something critical of Qatar, they shouldn't because the reporters should instead be hanging their heads in shame over what the Romans did to the Carthaginians. You know, that's that's literally the logic of what you're saying. I mean, logic is, logic is not really the word, is it? But that is what he's saying. But again, this kind of stuff I think goes down pretty well. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it doesn't go down well, um, certainly with the people it's attacking. I think yeah. around the rest of the world, people are like, yeah, you know, those guys have had it all their own way, you know, for too long. Yeah, and they are hypocrites, and they are sanctimonious, and it is bullshit, and, you know, they just can't take the Qatar as a success, you know, and I think that's certainly the way that it is, and you just hate our success. So, uh, so that is, um, that's what uh, Infantino's pandering to, you know what I mean? It's not as mad as it seems. It's not mad at all, actually, what he's doing. This is how he's running FIFA. This is how he's going to be president for the next four years he understands this and he's and he's going to play to the gallery yeah the, the hypocr- this is the same guy who talks about not 
sports and politics not missing not mixing and you know let's stick to the football and then also oh. talking just a few days ago about how uh, the role that the World Cup can play in bringing about uh, at least temporary respite between Russia and Ukraine you know yeah. Yeah. well what yeah. better example yeah. Yeah, this is what he's saying engage you know, we, we must engage we cannot condemn you know if your child uh, what was it he said about the child and, and the, the strange thing about the child uh, the, the metaphor that he used is that apparently the only way it makes sense is if the child is like Qatar and instead of like being rude to the teacher or something Qatar has like abused human rights and uh, and the thing to do when your child you know presumably doesn't abuse human rights but say your child is rude to, to its teacher or, you know and gets gets in trouble at school you don't say you idiot go to your room you sit and you reason with the child you engage you say look you know, I'm on your side. Let's work together to get better grades. That's what you do. Well, at least that's apparently what Johnny Infantino does. I mean, plenty of people, plenty of people would still say, you know, sometimes you should punish a child for doing this. Uh, I'm not sure if the Qataris would have appreciated that part of his thing. Actually, hang on. Are you saying we're like a child? It's like you're our father. Uh, you know, and instead of scolding us, you should uh, you should engage. I mean, it was just. I mean. But but again, you know, while, while it's easy to just kind of dismiss it contemptuously, I mean, this is like, um, I think he knows what he's doing, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, it's it's just the whole, but, but like, here we are, you know, ultimately, the truth, the truth of it is, like, that game, we, sh- we shouldn't have had an opening game. Qatar-Ecuador, like, it was not fit to, to for this tournament. Like, it makes it, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make a joke out of the tournament. You know, I suppose we've had bad opening games before. Um, the one last time was what Russia five, Saudi Arabia one. I mean, I suppose Russia, at least Russia put on a bit of a show, and the crowd had a few things to shout about. Whereas here, the team was abysmal, like the worst team I've ever seen. This is my sixth World Cup, and that's the worst team I've ever seen, and the worst oh, goalkeeper really, yeah. ever. Oh, by miles. Yeah, by well, miles. Saudi Arabia I mean, lost nine nil in our group in two thousand and two. They they couldn't have been great. True, they were bad, and I, I it was it wasn't and, nine you know, nil. It was actually teams, eight nil. You know there there are bad teams in every World Cup. You know we just so yeah, but they weren't. They weren't. The world, come on, they weren't. Yeah, we've Saudi, Arabia, given, Saudi Arabia were like making up the numbers in that World Cup. They weren't the host. Yeah. Like they, they, this Mur- is Mur- like we're Mur- talking Mur- about the we, host. We, yeah, we, we've given. We've you given, can say we've like given Honduras the family has given, has, given, has given this country the World Cup. But not only that, they, could Qatar then go out of their way just a few months before the tournament to give themselves the the proper platform of their own day? You know, they they which you know in and of itself isn't the worst idea that necessarily the host nation plays on the opening day of the tournament, especially because there there's so many games every day anyways too many games every day in this World Cup because it's so condensed it's kind of madness well, yeah. having four matches a day but so in some ways you know it makes sense that host but they, they give themselves this platform they like everything else they just make it if they want it, if they want it to happen it happens it doesn't matter same with the beer same with everything else they, they can do it at whatever notice they want and they give themselves a platform and then Produce an awful yep. spectacle on the pitch and an embarrassing one off the pitch with fans. Yeah, I, like I, yeah. I agree with, absolutely with all of that. But the, the only thing I would say is like Qatar are the Asian champions. You know, like it's it's not like they're they, we've given uh, the World Cup to uh, a, a country rated two hundred and first in the world. Like they won, they would have qualified uh, th- through uh, Asian qualifying anyway if their performance at the Asian Cup was anything to go by. So I mean. You know, I like, wish somebody would tell their fans. Yeah, like that you was know, like, I mean, it was like that. I, is, I wish people would people would sit around and and, and wait to the end. But people people had decided they'd seen enough. I mean, you know, these losers. Like, you know, why would I stay around here? We are we're well north of Doha here, I suppose. Uh, Al Bait, I mean, is um, is a good bit out. I mean, the journey here took a long time because the bus driver didn't seem to know how to get to the stadium. So we approached on several occasions. Sorry, I'm about to go into a whinge about. 
you know, there's no water, there's no Wi-Fi. Well, the, the, I mean, <laughs> well, hang on, no water. No water sounds kind of important. There was no water. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very thirsty, and you probably hear me. Uh, my mouth is full of dry white foam. You probably hear me start to go like that <laughs> in a little while. But I can't. There's no water here, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, look, you know, hopefully I'll make it make it to the end of the. Um, I mean, I went up and uh, because we arrived late because the bus was driving around everywhere. Like, I mean, the bus kept sort of approaching the stadium, then driving away from it. And people were getting angry on the bus, you know? There was like Dutch photographers there. The reason there was a lot of Dutch photographers is because we'd we'd been watching Louis van Gaal's press conference at the main media center, which is in Doha. And so people were then saying, oh, we'll get on the bus. It's like an hour to our bite. We'll be there in plenty of time. But then it ended up taking more than two hours on the bus. So. It sort of knocked everyone's uh, plan out of, mm. out of saying people are rushing to where they need to be before the game. You know, again, this is a whinge. No one, no one wants to hear this. But all I'm saying is that, <laughs> you know, you think, you think it's, you, well, how much has been spent on it is a mystery. 200 billion is a figure that you hear. You know, insane sums of money have been spent on this. You're kind of, you're just sort of assuming that, like, things like this will be, uh, will, yeah. Well, you know. Again, look, it's not the first time. I, mean, I was recently at a big match in Paris for the Champions League final, and the organization for that was actually a lot worse. So, you know, I'm sure that the, it's the first time that the, the events like this have been on in Qatar, and obviously there's got to be teething problems. All right, well, that, that's one whinge over. And it might not be your last one for the tournament, so that's, that's whinges are allowed. Um, and it is kind of, it is kind of mad that that happens, you know? Like, the, the one thing we all expected was, like, well, this is going to be run seamlessly, at least. They spent this much money, I mean, the, for all of the moral questions. Well, there were, there were test events that went badly and yeah. stuff as well. You know, we covered that not, not so long ago. So it, it, I think it just, by, by the time the World Cup came around, that element of it, to, to me seemed to go back under the yeah. radar because everyone was yeah. talking more about was, the, was the another, bigger issues was obviously another weird thing as well um, that uh, I was in the, the media center uh, which day yesterday and um, and one of the a rep from one of the sponsor companies I don't want to say which one because I don't want to get this uh, person in trouble they seem very nice but I don't know if they should have been doing what they're doing but I just thought this was interesting that they came up sort of offering a voucher for uh some products uh, which the company had available in the media center should we wish to avail ourselves of saying thank you very much and then they said oh uh, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be looking for any tickets would you and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you know hopefully we'll be getting tickets that the sort of uh, tickets on the accreditation although you know we haven't been approved what you know why and he said, oh well we, we've got loads of tickets for the game and you know my company i work for uh, has got has got is one of the FIFA sponsors. Has got a, a bunch of tickets going for all the games in the Australia. Oh, there's some good games there. You know, Argentina playing Mexico. I think. Uh, you know, it's it's some really good stuff. So you know, if you know anyone who's interested, uh, you know, put them onto me. And I was kind of like, uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't had that happen before at, at a World Cup. You know, it sort of seemed to me like uh, usually the tickets are kind of. You know, you don't get people, you don't get reps coming up to you the day before the tournament starts going, hey, we're looking for tickets. I will say that if you know anyone who looks for a FIFA sponsor, who works who works for a FIFA sponsor, maybe give them a text. And you, 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 may, you may be luckier than you would have expected. Have you been around the place much? What are your first impressions? Formed any firm impressions? Uh, well, um, my first day, I mean, I arrived pretty late on Friday night. That sort of fo- did phone stuff at the airport, you know, getting phone sorted out, SIM card and all this kind of stuff, and blah blah blah. 
go to my hotel, which is not too far from the airport, actually. Seems nice. Uh, you know, no, no issues. Plumbing, maybe a bit suspect. <laughs> One of those where the toilet always seems to be sort of refilling. Shouldn't you be full? kind of still like a trickle <laughs> of refilling water you know and then when you keep us up to speed on that enough, now Ken that, even that's though it's, even though it's been really re- daily updates on that front well even though it's been refilling all day when you, pr- you press the button and suddenly not a lot come, you know, what's happening to this water um, the shower turned out the next morning didn't work um, uh, I mean the water came out of the bath taps but not it couldn't be transferred to the sort of shower head so I had to sort of fill up a bath well fill you know, splash about an inch of water and stick my go down in all fours and put my head under the top and all that and um, this obviously caused a bit of a delay because we were going to the we, we wanted to get to the sensational Gianni Infantino press conference which we knew was going to be on 11 now we didn't think we didn't know how sensational it was going to be we assumed at that time that we'd probably be going ah oh, Gianni you know uh, do you want a pint or is it do you know anywhere yeah. around here we can get a pint kind of thing you know, that's, that's what we sort of thought it would be because the previous day had been the, oh the no beer announcement which he then made out oh that's always been the plan you know and by the way like you know you don't actually need to drink to have fun you know <laughs> you're like Johnny like sorry you're not you're not filling us anyway sorry I'm getting ahead of myself so we, we're going to go to Johnny uh, I say we I mean myself and Gavin Comsky who also works for the Irish Times and so we, we both had to do, go through this sort of more lengthy than we had expected bath process. Because on arrival at the airport, you, on arrival rather walking out of the airport, it wasn't instant sweat. It was very, very hot and humid the night that we arrived. We thought, wow, hasn't actually been as hot as that since. But uh, so he has an Uber and he's like, oh, the Uber's like basically arrived instantly. Um, I'll, I'll go down, we're on the 10th floor, you know. I'll go down and, and wait there, and you, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of getting dried off, whatever, I'll be down in a sec. So I, I kind of run around grabbing my gear to, and then run down, you know, 10th floor lift, one of these kind of slow lifts, you know, down, 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 down to the lobby. I would go through, go into the lobby, realize, oh, I love my passport. I need my passport to, to, um, to pick up the accreditation. You know, they won't let you, you, you need that. So I'll get back into the lift, back up to the 10th floor, oh, yeah, in the room, get the passport, back to the lift back down to the fourth floor it stops on the fourth floor and then it's like and then back up to the tenth floor it goes to the tenth floor for some reason so I'm, I'm kind of like come on come on can't text Gavin because he hasn't got his phone he hasn't got the, the Qatar sim yet so he's kind of he, he's like what's he doing what's he he's wondering where, where is this fucking idiot like what what is going on um, come on come on come on you know Jamming the buttons of the lift. Come on, come on, come on. Down to so the lift goes down, 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 down to the lobby. Doors open. I burst out of the lobby like Shergar. Burst out through the doors. Sprint across the the lobby towards the open door and smash straight into the fucking glass oh, of the not open door. Like head first, boom, straight into the glass and bounce backwards like off of like off a trampoline, like sprawling backwards onto my back. And I sort of lie there twitching. Ugh. <laughs> Gavin was in the car outside in the, in the Uber. He was looking the other way. He didn't see it. He, he heard it. He turned. What the? And his his driver was like, you know, oh my god. And um, and he and he said all he could see were my feet, like lying there, you know, the soles <laughs> of my feet. And he, um, so he came, sort of rushing in, and all the hotel guys were kind of rushing over. Oh my god, sir, are you okay? You know. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like I was, you know, I, I knew that I was conscious. I had this kind of weird, like pins and needles sensation in my head, and I thought, oh no. Uh, and then I sort of sat up, and then I, all this blood started dripping onto the, onto the ground and the tiles, and I was like, oh fuck, fuck, this isn't good. 
this is really not good. But then as it turned out, the, the actual cut was like, it's more of a sort of a bruise. Like it was kind of, it's right on my kind of hairline. You know, I had my head down slightly because I don't know if I was like accelerating, you know, through this lobby. <laughs> I had my sunglasses on. Don't put your sunglasses on until you get outside because it will, you will not see a glass uh, door which has been polished to a high shine. And remember then in Qatar, those, do- those glass doors are not open. They don't leave the doors open here. Mm. It's too hot to leave the doors open here. It wasn't open, it was, you know, just waiting, the glass door will open, and walk through it patiently. So there's all this blood, and it's, Gav is kind of like, uh, yeah, Infantino's kind of going to start really soon. <laughs> I was like, Gav, Gav, please go. We've got to have at least someone there, you know? <laughs> and the hotel staff are like, oh, you need to go to the hospital, uh, sir. And I'm like, no, oh, no, I think I'm all right. No, I'm going to play on. Uh, they, they produced the first aid kit, and... Uh, and uh, you know the blood it, well, it wasn't actually the cut's not too bad it's just more of a bruise you know it's kind of I've got like a big bump on my head and I don't oh, think I'm, I'm looking at it Ken I'm looking at it it's, it looks nasty Ken uh, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be great now to be honest because like, I, I did hurry into this classroom it wasn't just peeling uh, like an egg here in the one I'm looking at I walked into I've walked into uh, a glass window before I remember I did it in Geneva when I tried to enter a McDonald's at about half 11 at night and I went straight into a glass window again like spectacularly and I remember a man inside pissing himself with laughter because he, he saw the whole thing and he, he was like paralyzed he was you know, con, you know convulsive laughter you know, yeah. where you can't, like, you're, you're, you're like, falling off your chair. Yeah, I saw I, a, fr- a, fr- a friend of mine did it once in another friend's back garden, and it was it was the funniest, it remains it the funniest very, thing I've ever seen. It is I very mean, funny no, to there's see. There's no doubt about that for everybody else. Yeah. To, to experience is quite, un, quite unpleasant. But look, you know, again, um, uh, <laughs> Dion <laughs> finally was like, are oh, you a ghost? I said, I don't, I don't think I am. Maybe I, I should tell Owen I need to be stood there for 10 days. He just said, Tell him he's Henry Winter and send him back out there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, in the in the traditional <sighs> football way, I'm still here. I'm still I'm working. Would, my, you, I'm, pass I'm HIA? Would you pass a HIA? Would you pass a HIA? No, I do. I am. We're we're literally spending probably the other podcast today talking about Nick White, an Australian rugby player who I don't actually care about on a personal yeah. level. So I do I do want to make sure you are all right here. I mean, you're not showing any I symptoms. Want, you're are you okay? Oh yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, send me back out there, boss. <sighs> I mean, gonna, what are you gonna I'm, do? I'm, I'm laughing uproariously because I mean. I'm aware that you, you know, my, my initial reaction when you told me, Ken, was, of course, concern. Owen has made me sound like an ogre there because all I've been doing is laughing at your story. Uh, but I, 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 too, need to put on uh, the record that I, too, care for you. Uh, and that the after guys, the, the laughter guys in subsided. The hotel, in the hotel were really good. Yeah, after the laughter subsided when you sent me the photograph, I was actually concerned for your well being there for a while until you told me that yeah. you were okay. So just want no, to put th- that I think on the record. I'm fine. Yeah. I, I think I'm fine because you know I'm, I'm here to do a job, you know, and certainly not to sit sit it out, you know, just while my brain recovers or whatever. I'm just here to, <laughs> to plow on, you know, and I'm glad that I not to come over old Gianni Infantino on, but I I am struck by your hypocrisy mm. um, on this issue. But you know, we'll we'll simply move on. Yeah, we'll I'm, move on. I'm right. seeing not, three microphones just talking to the middle one. Just talking to the middle one. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> just, that's basically just, McDevitt's just, attitude towards you, don't get. You know the show. The show must go on. So look, mm. it's it's fine. You know, uh, it, it was it's just as long as Nick. It's just as long as Nick White is okay. Mm. I will just say the guys at the guys the hotel were, were very good. They were very concerned. They they had a first aid kit and everything. They patched me up. Uh, they even they even waved away my attempts to wipe up my own blood off the tiles. They said, <laughs> "No, no, sir, we'll do that." So uh, thank you. 
Thank they're you thinking, very much. They're thinking, the plumbing, you'll be all. You'll be well. The plumbing, I did. Right I did say, you. look, actually, there is one other thing. The shower <laughs> isn't working in the room, so if you, if you might be able to send someone to have a look at that, I'd be very, very, very <laughs> grateful. But thanks very much for all your help. Listen, take care of yourself, Ken. Gee, gee can't, we literally no, can't send you anywhere. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, uh, and I've, I've been tripping all over the place as well, Owen. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I, I tripped on the stadium steps. I tripped on this kind of, they've got for some reason these, these walkways in, in the media center are elevated by like about half an inch. So you just catch your shoe on them as you try to walk. So look, uh, and also on the way over here, they had like, tri- they had literal trip wires. <laughs> <laughs> they had the fans are being sort of ushered along this path, and there's like tr- sort of trees in the middle of like little trees, you know, more like shrubs, sort of in the middle of this path. A road, a railing, a path in the middle of the path. Um, imagine these little trees at intervals sunk into sunk into uh, like little traps that you could fall into. But then for some reason, a string attached to the base of each little tree and connected to the railing on the side so they just walk along and trip over it like as, as I saw so many people nearly doing and then at the end a solar panel thing which is like four feet off the ground so like this big queue of people all then have to sort of bend down three you know to, to sort of get a look going all I'm saying is uh, I can ill afford another bang in the head uh, and uh, hopefully it's not going to happen you've got another member of the Irish and UK football writing firmament with you there I believe UK strictly <laughs> strictly UK Owen it is uh, he's transcended he's, he's, he's uh, flown the nets of Ireland and he is here reporting for the United Kingdom and the independent of the United Kingdom Miguel we have just seen a World Cup opening game of what's the FIFA president says is going to be the best ever World Cup with God knows how many billions of people supposedly watching on TV and 200 billion spent on the tournament and what we saw was a travesty of a game and a stadium that was virtually empty before the final whistle yeah it wasn't a football match what we watched and not just because Ecuador beat Qatar so easily I mean just even even in that perspective um, like it was such a weird game like there was no pattern to it Qatar didn't really know what to do they were clearly nervous and Ecuador kind of just bombarded them as and when they needed and even Ecuador felt got affected by how sterile the whole thing was but what we actually saw of course was basically a geopolitical event which is the point of this whole tournament why they hosted it Infantino sat there between Mohammed bin Salman and the Emir of Qatar given five years ago they were afraid that Saudi Arabia would invade them um, and it's why like, so for all the focus on the empty seats the, the real what, what, what this was really about well it was kind of a humiliation for Qatar and a victory given the most important seats of all well, ex- well explain that because Mohammed bin Salman was sitting next to Gianni Infantino at the last World Cup opening game but on that occasion his team Saudi Arabia was playing against Russia whose president was sitting on the other side of Infantino he was here in Saudi Arabia weren't playing today so why was he sitting there in a position of honour next to the FIFA president? It felt very conspicuous even the fact that Saudi Arabia actually aren't playing until Tuesday against uh, Argentina um, and it, it, there's really no other way to look at that just other than the context of the, the politics of the region and also in the fact there's been a thawing between uh, Qatar and Saudi Arabia since in, in, the, in the last few months really and then because the, the other side of that was and I suppose what all this was really about it was basically a political summit because then you had the kind of that photo that um, Erdogan had been introduced to Sisi of Egypt for the first time so I mean it, it is kind of remarkable that we're talking about all this after a World Cup opening game but it's much more kind of interesting and relevant than the actual football which is a joke well the football was a complete joke the goalkeeper Al-Shabe is 
is the worst goalkeeper. Well, there's a Dutch guy say he's the worst goalkeeper in the World Cup. Sitting <laughs> sitting next to me was did not conceal his dismay. Uh, but that that was a joke for for that level of football to be the the opening game of supposedly the greatest football competition on earth makes a joke out of this competition. It, it really does, and you do wonder though. I mean, given given how quickly the stadium was des- deserted as well. What are we going to see for the rest of the tournament? Are they, are we going, to be, are they going to be full? Especially given, given the issues of how many fans are, um, or how, how few fans are actually coming to, to uh, Qatar. Uh, South America seems to have a decent contingent, but is this going to be the kind of normal tournament where it's just going to be empty stadiums, sterile atmosphere? I mean, the atmosphere itself was weird. And I do think that actually, like, it, this could actually have a tangible effect on the football because I do think it kind of influenced how what Ecuador were doing in the second half where like, it was as if they kind of realised this isn't proper. And now that could affect them because you have to think Netherlands and Senegal would just batter Qatar. I think that Ecuador might end up regretting not scoring more goals, but it just that the level of Qatar shocked me. And, and I yeah. know that, that, like, okay, we... You know, this is a team that lost 4 0 at the Aviva, and a lot of teams can say that. But, like, they've spent billions on this Aspire Academy, you know? Like, they've, they, this has been a. They put massive resources into this. They could have saved a lot of money there. Well, this is it. I mean, the thing about it, I mean, amid all the shames of this World Cup, there's kind of a, like a small little morality play there, and like you can, you know, pump 220 million into an infrastructure built on modern slavery. You can get David Beckham, you can get Morgan Freeman, but you can't kind of fight one of the one of the kind of pure principles of sport, which is that if you have bad players, no matter how much you invest in a, in a, in a national team, at least um, you can't make them a good team. What do you think, um, Johnny Infantino? Uh, would have made of it and what did you yourself make of Infantino's extraordinary performance on um, Saturday uh, where he spoke uninterrupted for what was it like 40 yeah. minutes uh, f- 50, 57 minutes of opening statement I mean it was absolutely remarkable what were your what do you think he was doing there um, well it was very much a political broadcast in that sense and it felt like really significant I mean, I thought the most conspicuous line of all was about the 3,000 years of Western Europe. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a really interesting context here. I actually, just by, well, not called by coincidence, given it's, it's the opening game of the tournament and there's so much focus on FIFA and Infantino, but I had to do a profile of Infantino that was due to come out on Saturday morning. And obviously, I spent like a fair few weeks working on it right up to the last minute. And one, and one, of, the, one of the lines I have in the piece, that it, um, and something that someone in European football told me, was basically that... There's been this real um, resentment about Infantino within UEFA. Not, it's not that this is UEFA stands, although a lot of people in UEFA feel it, or in the UEFA federations, that he's kind of so conspicuously, got, not, not just gone to Africa and the Middle East and parts of Asia to consolidate a, a, a power block, but that there's a feeling that he's kind of using, using a stance like, oh, these kind of fat Europeans won't give up their wealth. And, but that, and that completely came across in his actual... Um, his actual whatever not really a press conference I suppose his party political broadcast um, and of course feeds into how he's managed to to go back in endorsed by over 200 federations yeah I mean uh, uh, so it is effective I mean what he's doing is working on his own terms you know this is uh, uh, you know it's work it's working politically it's working tactically it's working strategically he's in for he's in for the long haul um you know, is it, what, what are the what are the downsides to this from his point of view? Well, I mean, the interesting thing here is, I mean, and this was something I got at in the piece as well, and I've sp- spoken to a lot of people about it. What actually is? What are we for? What what is their vision? Because if you look at all the major issues actually affecting football, and they are the ultimate authority, they're meant to safeguard the sport. Well, they have no say on issues like competitive balance, no say on 
sports washing. You mean they have nothing to say? Well, basically nothing they can do. Like they can't affect European football, so specifically European football. Um, they can't affect, say, states buying clubs. In fact, really, you would actually say that Infantino facilitates the whole process of sports washing because of, <laughs> look at tonight, look, look at who he sat with, look, look, look at how he's uh, gone with guitar. I mean, I mean, the one thing you could probably say, I suppose, is that he is um, he is spreading the the wealth of the game through the World Cup and through kind of concentrate the uh, metaphorical wealth you mean rather than the dollar wealth. Y- yeah, although to a degree, I mean, th- there is this belief that the big plan behind the biennial World Cup was actually. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm saying it's what people on the other side believe that that was just basically a switch and bait to say okay you, you, we won't do a biennial world cup but we want a club world cup as well mm. that his ultimate goal is basically he wants because the, the, the power in football is really with the clubs and who controls the clubs controls the game so he wants his own club world cup and all this is a kind of um, all this is serving that um, but, 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 but other than that I mean <laughs> it, it, all people really have is basically the world cup that they're kind of diluting now. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you looking forward to to, uh, to the rest of it? Um, I mean, of all, like I suppose, given what everything we've been talking about on the pod for years and all that, everything we've been writing about, it's just it, it is quite a weird occasion being here. Even, I mean, like it's a World Cup and you can't help yourself feeling that excitement. Then you almost have to stop yourself because you do. There's almost this guilt or kind of complication with it. But yet, there's that sense. I mean, like tomorrow, I'm got, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, I think tomorrow's going to be a bad day. <laughs> or, sorry, t- today, by the time this goes out, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think England and Iran will be a grim game. But then Tuesday, like, all we're talking about, and yet yeah, I'm going to see Argentina and Messi in the morning yeah. against uh, MBS boys. Yeah. And then in the evening, Mbappe against Australia. Um, and I suppose that's what ultimately the calculation Qatar have made here. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what it's all about. Miguel, listen, thanks a million for that. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. What does it look like? A turtle, is it? Yobs. There's an incredible podcast on at the moment produced by the second captain's biggest load of bollocks. The second captain's show in Ireland. We're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. The second captain's podcast. Pretty much we've done for the last 20 years. Be role models to kids. Yeah, just before we find out your plans for tomorrow, Ken, we haven't mentioned the the hero of the hour for Ecuador, Ener Valencia, mm. former West Ham and Everton striker, whose career in the Premier League is not one that many of us remember too clearly, I don't think. But, uh, well, sorry, I'll speak for myself on that one. But he has now scored five goals in four World Cup matches. 
which is He's up there to rival basically any of the greatest strikers in the history of this fine tournament. Yeah, well, um, you know, and he scored the offside goal as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, he he, um, he was definitely uh, a little bit too good for Qatar, I think. He also got injured as well. Games. I mean, he, yeah, it, it looked as though he was going to have to go off before half time. So well, okay, uh, well, that might he, have he maybe won't be doing much in the next two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe won't be. I mean, yeah, well, tomorrow. Well, he still soldiered on for most of the rest of the game. So tomorrow, sorry, is England, Iran. Yeah. Um, obviously Senegal Netherlands and USA Wales you said you're going to the Senegal Netherlands game I'm right? going to Senegal Netherlands yeah which unfortunately Sadio Mane is not going to be playing in no. uh, which takes a lot of the well no, it doesn't take the interest out of it but it you know I, I feel he, he gave Senegal a much better chance certainly it would have been interesting to see Mane playing against his former teammate uh, Van Dijk um, so yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the game. Hopefully, it will be better than the nonsense that we saw tonight. Um, you know, I think it would also be interesting to see the crowd. I mean, I've seen quite a few Dutch journalists. I don't think I've seen any Dutch fans yet. When and usually at a, at a tournament um, that uh, the Netherlands are in, you see a lot of Dutch fans. Certainly in the city mm. they're playing in the day before they're they're playing. Um, but it's it's a bit different, obviously. You know, there's no, there's none of this drinking. Like, I mean, you can you can go for a drink. The, there are places where you can we can drink, but it's not like people are drinking uh, on the hotels, street. Hotels, really, isn't it? And yeah, you can you on. can go to hotels. There's hotels and clubs and some restaurants and this kind of thing. Oh, mo most restaurants, no, you know. But it, but it's kind of like the streets. Like the World Cup is all about public spaces, really. Um, you know, when when you go, the, the people's the fans gather from whichever country. They're all in a particular place, and usually people are drinking, not all of them, I suppose, but it's usually a feature of that, that kind of raucous, everyone's singing type of... And this is just not that type of place. You don't, you know, that's just not really, that's not really on the on the menu here. So the kind of stuff I've seen Dutch fans doing in places like Stuttgart or whatever um, is not really... Uh, yeah, obviously there's, there's no real scope for that here. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more. Obviously, the football has now started. Things are kind of get, going to get going in a, in a proper way tomorrow. Three matches tomorrow, four matches then every day for the next 11 days, I think. So yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot on. You're going to have to you're going to have to keep me up to date with a lot of what's going on because I have a feeling I'm going to be sitting. I'm going to be spending a lot of this World Cup sitting on buses in traffic jams outside stadiums, wondering what's going on. I missed the World Cup. I was in Qatar. Yeah, I was sitting on a bus in sitting on a bus in Qatar, pointing out, pointing out the window and saying, "Going, it's over there. Drive now. It's over there. We're driving the wrong way." There was literally moments on the bus like, "You're like, what is he doing? He's trying. He's turned the wrong way again. Why are we we're driving into, into the sea? There's only the sea in front of us." But look, oh God. you know, again, let's put it down to teething problems. I have to say one thing. I do have to compliment our Qatari house on. I have never, ever seen toilets to compare with the toilets I have been using in uh, in Qatar at the various uh, media centers and stadiums and so on it's by far the best stadium toilet I've ever seen and of course it was walled off from the riffraff you had to have an accreditation to get in there fair enough but I've been in toilets which were only for accredited personnel before and been deeply disgusted by the experience not the case here the toilets wow. have been world class they're international class Johnny Infantino should do a press conference from a toilet <laughs> like Johnny Infantino he should go he should go to the toilet and he say look you know this is this is what I've brought this mm. is what FIFA have delivered you know at, any questions? I, 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 think a lot, I think a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, you know, actually, this is genuinely impressive." Because, like, the fact is, people try to do this all over the world, and these are the best. 
So credit where it's due. If and maybe, you know, there if, are more, if, if, maybe there are more positive surprises to come. If only that opulence extended to your own toilet. Well, it's all well, about of course, uh, yeah, my, my bathroom, of course, it doesn't work. The toilet is a little bit dodgy as well. But again, it is reassuring for a man in just such a position as myself to know that mm. a short metro ride away, a world-class <laughs> facility <laughs> awaits. So, you know, that's, it's, that, is, that is a comfort. If we, can't, if, world service yeah, members, if we can't make contact with you for the next four weeks, Ken, we know where you'll be. World service yeah. members will be hearing loads more from you during the week. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Carol. Thanks, Thank Perf. you, Ken. And thank you, Owen. Thanks so much for listening. Sign up now on secondcaptains.com for ad-free episodes of the Second Captains podcast, which is, of course, part of the ACAST Creator Network. What is that? It's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 